The Church of Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut, welcomes you to this broadcast of Shi'ar Jashub, which in Hebrew means, a remnant shall return. Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and today we will be continuing the Heavenly Authority series taught by my husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo. This series is an in-depth, through-the-Bible exploration with a focus on what the scriptures teach about the source and nature of authority. Before we join Pastor Greg for the start of the next sermon in the study, let me invite you to visit us on the web. The website address is www.shiarjashub.org. Now, let's go into the Sunday message. Okay, we, um, we pick up the Heavenly Authority series in the book, the first book of Kings, the book of First Kings. In chapter 1, we're at the end of David's life, and it says, Now King David was old, advanced in years, and they put covers on him, but he could not get warm. Therefore his servants said to him, Let a young woman, a virgin, be sought for our Lord the King, and let her stand before the King, and let her care for him, and let her lie in your bosom, that our Lord the King may be warm. So they sought for a lovely young woman throughout all the territory of Israel, and found Abishag, the Shunammite, and brought her to the king. The young woman was very lovely, and she cared for the king and served him, but the king did not know her. So there was no sexual relationship between the two of them. Abishag is a Shunammite. Uh, Shunam is a border city that was allotted to the tribe of Issachar, three miles north of Jezreel, near, near Mount Gilboa. And David can't get warm. He's elderly. He's Some of the women in the congregation are making a face at the fact that David can keep warm. <laughs> so his physicians, well, in, in order to understand this, there's an oriental belief, an eastern belief. And remember, uh, Israel is on the cross paths of the west and the east. And a lot of the things in the Bible, you have to understand some of the oriental eastern culture to understand why they do what they do. Um, in the uh, eastern belief, if there was physical contact with youth, then the dying person, the aged person, would absorb some of the energy of the youth if they had contact. So it wasn't just to keep them warm, probably. David's physicians are looking for a way to uh, warm him through and through, to, to, to get some of that young life to him, right? Obviously, biblically, it doesn't work, right? David's going to die. He doesn't get healed from having this young, pretty... The question would be, why does she have to be a young, pretty girl? Why could she be a young, funny-looking girl? They had to find a lovely girl. Well, she wouldn't have been as young, not as much energy if she was, if she was middle-aged. But certainly a young, funny-looking girl would have enough energy, too. But I guess he's the king, so she's got to be a beauty. Obviously, this technique fails. Uh, but it sets the stage for something that's going to happen later on, and that's why we mention it here. Then we come to verse 5, Adonijah. Adonijah, the son of Haggith, 
It says in verse 5, exalted himself, saying, I will be king. And he prepared for himself chariots and horsemen and 50 men to run before him. They're going to run before him and declare him as king. Now he sees his father. He's old. He can't get himself warm. They've got to get a young girl to warm him up. What better time for Adonijah to declare himself king? The background on Adonijah, if you look in 2 Samuel, um, chapter 3, I believe, chapter 3 and verse 1, I think I'm getting old like David, I can't turn to it so quick anymore, uh, chapter 3 and verse 1, now there was a long war between the house of Saul and the house of David, but David grew stronger and stronger, and the house of Saul grew weaker and weaker. Sons were born to David in Hebron, he has these different sons with these different women. Uh, the firstborn, Amnon, and we talked about how Amnon died. Uh, his second, Kaliah, but Daniel says another spot, uh, by Abigail. Then you have Absalom, son of Maacah. And then the fourth, in verse 4, the fourth, Adonijah, the son of Haggith. And there's six altogether, six boys that he has by these different women while he's in Hebron. Um, it says in verse 5 of 1 Kings, then Adonijah, the son of Haggith, exalted himself. And we think right away to the words of the Lord Jesus, who told us in Matthew chapter 23 and verse 12, that whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. So this is not a good thing. And we're going to see from what's written next that it seems like Adonijah, just like Absalom, remember Absalom was born right before Adonijah, and you know how David favored and loved Absalom, um, that Adonijah is favored too by David. And you really have here is sometimes the dynamics of dysfunctional families. You have a situation where this man has children by different women, and he's really given in to the kids and letting them do whatever they want to do, and it doesn't benefit them. He favors Adonijah to Adonijah's own detriment. And it also gives us an example then of how as parents we can maybe love, and speaking of love in human terms, our children too much. We can allow them too much freedom. David, maybe to keep peace in the house with these different wives, these different sons from different wives, he is lenient with his boys. And we've seen the trouble that has resulted because of that. And we'll read specifically in the case of Adonijah that that's the problem. We'll see in this account there's political intrigue around the kingship. And when you have so much power given to one man, you know, read uh, the time of the judges versus the time of the judges where we study where there was liberty and God would appoint one from this tribe, one from that tribe, and there was not this lineage, there was not this centralized power in one human being, a monarch, a king. Well, when you have this power given to one man, then you have, given human nature, a lot of people near him, especially relatives, children, desiring, craving that power. And this is not unique in human history. The histories of monarchies is many times a history of bloodshed, right, in the middle of families as one vies for the throne over a brother or a cousin or whatever because they want that power. That's so much power that they'll do great horror, great terror even to their own family members to get it. It destroys family life in monarchies and we see that even to today to the few monarchies that are left in the world. 
we see that the penalty of David's sin is still continuing on in his family and in the division among his sons from this section. In 2 Samuel chapter 12 and verse 10, the words of the prophet to David, Now therefore the sword shall never depart from your house, because you have despised me and have taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your wife. So here you have it continuing on in another account, the penalty for David's sin on his family. And also in this section we see the responsibility of authority, the responsibility of those in leadership, be it a king or be it the father of a household, to speak in wisdom and teach and not avoid. It's all too often easy to avoid saying what's right because people don't like it. But the importance to speak and to teach, to shun favoritism, and to say and do the things that are hard to say and to do, especially when those things are unpopular. We'll see this in a minute. From uh, verse 13 later on, when Bathsheba comes and speaks to David, we see that it's, it seems clear that David knows from the Lord that Solomon is supposed to be king. And he intends for Solomon to succeed him. And someone can say, well, why Solomon and not Adonijah? Well, Adonijah is showing his personality right here. This is like the seven older brothers of, of David, right? They looked great to, to Samuel when he saw them, but God knew the heart. And then later on in the account that we read afterwards, we see the heart of David's brothers, how right God was to choose David over them. And Adonijah shows his heart right here in the account that we're going to read. God knows who the best person was. He's revealed it to David, it seems clear. And David intends to have Solomon succeed him. Remember from 2 Samuel chapter 12 and verse 24. Then David comforted Bathsheba, his wife. This is after the first child dies, right? And went to her and lay with her. So she bore a son and he called his name Solomon. Now the Lord loved him, loved Solomon. And he sent word by the hand of Nathan the prophet. So he called his name Jedidiah because of the Lord. Remember Jedidiah, we preached on that, meant beloved of the Lord. So from birth, Solomon is designated as someone special to the Lord. And then you read after this in First Chronicles, not necessarily after it chronologically, it probably comes before it, but after it in the scriptures, in First uh, Chronicles chapter 22, and verse 6, Then he, David, called for his son Solomon and charged him to build a house for the Lord God of Israel. And David said to Solomon, My son, as for me, it was in my mind to build a house to the name of the Lord my God. But the word of the Lord came to me, saying, You have shed much blood and have made great wars. You shall not build a house for my name because you have shed much blood on the earth in my sight. Behold, the son shall be born to you who will be a man of rest, and I will give him rest from all his enemies all around him. His name shall be Solomon, for I will give peace and quietness to Israel in his day. He shall build a house for my name, and he shall be my son, and I will be his father, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom over Israel forever. Now, my son, may the Lord be with you, and may you prosper and build 
the house of the Lord your God as he has said to you. Only may the Lord give you wisdom and understanding and give you charge concerning Israel that you may keep the law of the Lord your God. Then you will prosper if you take care to fulfill the statutes and judgments with which the Lord charged Moses concerning Israel. Be strong, be strong and of good courage. Do not fear, do not be dismayed. Remember that phrase, be strong and of good courage. Do not fear, do not be dismayed. It'll tie into what we study in the next section. You can now visit us on the web. The address is www.shearjashub.org. That's S-H-E-A-R hyphen J-A-S-H-U-B dot O-R-G. You'll find interesting information about our church, as well as commentaries by Pastor Greg. And shearjashub.org has archives of our radio programs that you can listen to on your computer, tablet, iPod, or iPhone. As always, we invite you to join us for Sunday service at the Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison, Connecticut. The hall is in the center of town, adjacent to the green, and across from the James Madison Memorial. Service begins at 10 a.m. And you can write to us at Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle, P.O. Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. And may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.